Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Join you every morning on Monday to Friday at 10am UK time. I'm joined by Umar. How you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, I'm good, Tom. How are you doing? How was the night shift going the other day? Yeah, it was tough. Uh, it was tough, but uh, and I got through, of course, for me, you know, knowing that I was working from through those kind of that shift pattern, it wasn't bad because when the game was being delayed, it didn't really affect things for me because I was always yeah. going to be staying up. But of course, for a lot of the fans that were tuning in, it, it was difficult because especially from the UK perspective, you know, you're, you're expecting it to be a half 12 kickoff and all of a sudden it's pushed back an hour and it's another hour of your night that you've lost. So, uh, yeah, did you stay up and watch it? I'll be honest, no. <laughs> I think what I was waiting for half twelve, and but when it got delayed an extra hour, I was like, I can't do this. Um, yeah, I'm getting old, so I have to get to bed. So I caught up on yeah. it after. I don't blame you, and I don't blame people that didn't. You know, it was, uh, you know, if it was a game in the like, you know, with uh, La Liga moving their like Super Cup games to, to the Middle East and stuff. You know, if it yeah. was a case of a, a competitive fixture, then, then you know, the expectation I think for most fans would be to stay up and watch it. But uh, a preseason friendly, we can certainly just put that by the by. Um, it was an interesting game, of course. And I know you discussed it with the boys yesterday of Chris and Alfie. Um, you know, from my perspective. I do think there's a lot made of kind of the drop-off in quality from the first to the second team because in what scenario is that ever going to happen? You know, even in the Europa League and Cup games, less so probably the League Cup, I think we'll see big changes in those games. But, you know, Orlando City are a team obviously in the middle of their MLS season, match fit and ready to go into that game. You're seeing 11 players of which I'd say seven of them probably won't be here next season. Uh, are involved in a game in which you know they're they're obviously going to falter against when going up against a team like that against say the first team that played in the second half and came on it was always going to be different so I don't I think there's maybe a bit of an overreaction about the kind of drop-off in quality that we're seeing yeah I think the drop-off I think is expected as well because the players who I think at the back of their minds they realize that they're probably more than likely not going to be Arsenal players when the season mm. kicks off or when the transfer window closes. So in the back of their mind, they'll be thinking, we don't want to put too much into a preseason friendly against Orlando City because if we do and we pick up an injury, it may it may ruin the chances of finding a move away from Arsenal. Mm. So it is, it's, it's expected. I think the likes of Enzi Maitland-Niles, um, Nicolas Pepe, Pablo Marie, they had poor performances, but I think, yeah, it's like you said, I think people are overreacting too much to it. It's preseason. It's just getting into the swing of things. And like like I said, these players, hopefully, uh, they're not going to be Arsenal players for the forthcoming season because I think it's better for them if they get away from this environment because they're not going to be playing games and they need to be playing games and they need to be happy. So I think for us as a club, if we want to move forward, if we want to progress, um, it's time to get rid of the likes of Hector Bellerin, um, good ambassadors for the club, likeable personalities, great people. But if we want to move forward as a club, I think um, we just need to look to bigger and better things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box as well, by the way. Hope you're doing good and well. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you knew we've got plenty of content covering the rest of the US tour, the Emirates Cup, of course, which is next week and throughout the transfer window and into next season. Um, let's talk about some of the topics that we got to discuss. Nicolas Pepe was involved in the game, played, you know, more so than most players on the pitch as well, you know, started the second half as well as the first. He's getting a bit of interest from Newcastle, supposedly, um, that are interested in taking him. There's also been murmurs of Sevilla and Leicester and Everton also having interest in the player. 
are you expecting that he will move on this summer? Because I feel like I'm increasingly growing less confident that he'll move on. Out of all the players, TC, I think Nicolas Pepe is less likely, if I'm honest, because we pay £72 million for him. Um, Arsenal will want to get at least £25 million back for what at least what they paid. Mm. So alone, it doesn't really make much difference to us. It doesn't really make much difference to him because when, when he comes back, he'll still be an Arsenal player. And I think we just need to find a breakthrough with this because he seems disinterested and that's no fault of his own because mm. he wants to move. He wants to get away from the club. He wants to be happy. He wants to be playing football again. But we can't let that affect our transfer plans because it's all good and well trying to get rid of a player um, just for their feelings and their personality. But we're a business. We need to get what we're owed. So if we have players like, look at Fulham, they're not willing to pay £15 million or so for Burnt Leno. Mm. But we shouldn't be going into that and thinking, oh, Burnt, you've been a good ambassador for the club. We, we, we're going to take £8 million or so just because we want to see you happy. We can't do that. We're a business. If Fulham have real interest, Leno, if Newcastle have a real interest in Nicolas Pepe, pay the money or move on because we can't be going into transfer windows and allowing teams to take advantage of us because we've done it before and it's affected us. So we have to be ruthless this summer. I think we've got 33 players now on the US tour when Zinchenko arrives. So that's a big number. It's a sizable squad. It's a bloated squad. So Mikel Arteta will be thinking... We need to trim that down to at least 25. So that's eight players. So you're thinking the likes of Renison, Pablo mm. Marie, Angie Maitland-Niles. So there are players there yeah. that we can get rid of. But it, I think out of all the players, I think Nicolas Pepe is less likely because this mystery winger, wide forward, I think it's going to be a bit more difficult to get than a midfield. Yeah, Graham says, can Pepe not have a blinder in the Emirates Cup and tempt Sevilla into potentially buying him? Obviously, that would be a great thing for Arsenal. But look, I I just, I feel as though the players that you mentioned there, we've talked about this a lot, Pepe, Leno, Marie, um, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, potentially Reese Nelson. Um, these are the types of players that are going to move in the last few weeks of the window yeah. because these are players that clubs look for opportunities for. These are players that clubs will have other targets ahead of them that if they don't get, they then move to these types of players. So I do think those players that we're looking to try and move on, it's just it's characteristic of these types that they would move on towards the end of the window rather than right now, which is obviously a frustration for fans because they want us to see us do, they want us to sell players earlier. But I always kind of bring it back to the question of how do you sell a player that no one wants? Like it's, it's very difficult. There might be interest, but you know, genuinely wanting a player is putting in a bid, discussing in personal terms, etc. And that's just not happening for a lot of these players. One of the players, though, Burnt Leno, you know, he is in discussions and Arsenal are trying to hold out for a figure of around £15 million. And there's links now that Fulham are looking at Sergio Rico from PSG on loan. Is this Arsenal playing with fire and not necessarily working it the right way? Or do we criticise Arsenal too much for not getting the maximum fee? And then when they try and do it, it burns us. No, I think for Burnt Leno, for a player... As, who was good as Bernd Leno, you need to take into consideration this was a player who was Germany number one for a period of time. He was number mm. one for Arsenal. He's not He's not a poor goalkeeper. He's a very good goalkeeper. And Fulham have just 
been promoted into the Premier League. So if you have a toss-up between Sergio Rico and Bert Leno, Bert Leno's got Premier League experience with him. He's played at the highest level, whether that's in Europe, for Arsenal, Europa League, Champions League. More than likely, I think 15 million for Bert Leno is peanuts because goalkeepers, TC, they can go for a long time. I remember when Fulham had Mark Schwarzer, he played towards his 40s. So why can't Leno do the same? He can be, he's going to go, he's going to be number one. So like I said, if Fulham really want Bert Leno, they put the money on the table because I'm frustrated with these teams in and around Europe. When they see Arsenal's players, they, they like to penny pinch. I don't know whether that's because the players are on high wages or they realise that Arsenal are trying to get them out. Yeah, but it's, it's it's frustrating though because Hector Bellerin, Ducat Real Batis, they they focused on Hussein Awa and they don't mind paying the money for him. But mm. for a player like Hector Bellerin, who's said openly that he wants to return to Betis, it's just sometimes I get a bit frustrated. Lucas Torreira, we'll touch on him a bit later. Mm. Fiorentina. So I think we just have to remain firm because, like you said, towards the end of the window, teams will start getting desperate, and that's when we take advantage. Well, you mentioned Torreira. Let's, let's talk about that now. You know, there's reports that he's returned to Italy to sort out a passport issue. I need to get that confirmed. But, uh, you know, it seems mad. Even more so that he was taken instead of Charlie Patino, to be honest, and, and knowing that that was going to be an issue. But, look, is, is Charlie Patino right to feel mugged off we don't know obviously the, the the ins and outs of the reasoning behind why he's not gone but i still just can't wrap my head around why lucas Toro has not played a minute of these u.s tour at all you know he's been on the bench didn't get brought on um and i feel like patino could have really done with this especially like runison being involved yeah. as well i think the goalkeepers is what has miffed me to be honest taking five mm. goalkeepers to the u.s tour is unnecessary but in my eyes what i think about what michael Arteta has done in the back of his mind, he's not going to come out and openly say it, but he's taken the likes of Lucas Herrera, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He's basically taken them to put them in the shop window. Mm. That's what I think. But the fact that he's not really played Lucas Herrera, not even given him any minutes, you can't really put someone in the market if he's not been had an appearance or if he's not come off the bench. So it will be frustrating for Charlie Patino, but you look at Marcelo Flores, maybe, maybe they've got a plan for Patino this season. Say if they get another midfielder, they'll be thinking, Patino, this year you need a loan, play first team minutes. So we don't know, we're not privy to all the details, but Marcelo Flores is just going to Real Oviedo. So maybe a loan could be could be forthcoming for Patino. But if if it's not, then you would feel hard done by because he was in and around the Arsenal first team. So to not be taken to the US preseason tour, you would be feel, feel frustrated. Yeah, you would feel frustrated, absolutely. Um, let's go to Lynn, who says, I did say this to Tom earlier, uh, these are not Arteta's players, and do you think that if this was the last winner that Arteta would need to sell cheap? Arsenal has a reputation for selling cheap. Uh, this is obviously going to basically roll around to the idea that the squad will now be Arteta's. You know, the players, after three summer transfer windows, there shouldn't be any players at the club that you don't want or you aren't convinced by. Um, it shouldn't take this long to work that out. Uh, and I think that... We need to move these players on, as we know. Um, some players have been signed by Arteta. You know, Marie is one of those. Runison is one of those. But you know, you know, no one makes a perfect decision with every player that is signed by a club. You look at every club across the league, mistakes are made in the market. But Arsenal need to make sure now that the squad we have next season is is Arteta's completely so that, you know, there is only one place to point the finger, which is him, you know, and that's where we want to be. We want to be in a situation where come the end of the season, there aren't we aren't talking about 
a lack of depth. We aren't talking about it's not Arteta's team. We're going to be talking about if we haven't reached our target of is this the right person to lead us forwards? And that's ultimately what we want from this situation. The the last topic that I want to discuss before we take a couple of points in the chat box is about the idea of the, the the business that we need to do on incoming still going into the Premier League season. You know, the Premier League starts now two in two weeks' time from today. You know, we're two weeks now away from the Crystal Palace game. And I don't think Arsenal are going to sign any more players beyond Zinchenko before that game, to be honest, would be my prediction. I think we may sign players after it. But if you look at the first five games of the season, yeah, we've got Palace, we've got Bournemouth, we've got Leicester, we've got Aston Villa and Fulham, are the five, not in that order specifically, yeah. but they're the five games. They're winnable games with the squad that we've got, you know. So is it fair, you think, that Arsenal haven't necessarily got all of their incomings done before the season starts? but we have managed to get incomings of, of a number of five players that have put us in the position that we shouldn't be worried about, you know, dropping points because of who we haven't signed so far. I think right now the squad is, like you said, more than capable of beating the likes of Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Fulham, Villa and um, Leicester City. Mm. So we've spent good money. We bought Gabriel Jesus. That's going to be a striker that can get us goals. We lack the firepower up front. Zinchenko, we don't know what the situation at the moment is with KT, so he's picked up Knox. Um, so Zinchenko coming in would give us a bit more solidity on that front, versatility. Um, and Fabio Vieira, I don't think he'll start that game against Palace, but it's a good option if you want to bring him off the bench. So I think right now we have more than enough to win those five games, but that game against Palace on a Friday night, we're going to be headlining the Premier League season. We're going to be kicking it off. Everyone's going to be watching us. All eyes are going to be on us. So if we go there, lay down a marker, put in a good performance, I think that will keep us in good stead for the forthcoming games in the later later on weeks. But if we lose, if we have a shambolic performance, then the pressure is going to be on, whether that's on Arteta, whether that's on Edu, because TC, you know how the Arsenal fan base works. If we lose against Palace, people are going to be in uproar straight away. So mm. if we can lay down a marker, people can put a good performance in and get the three points, then I think for the weeks games coming in, because I think we play Leicester at home, we play Villa at home, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Bournemouth away, and Fulham, Fulham, Fulham away. Home. I think. Fulham uh, let me have a quick check. I've got the so three out. Three out of the five first games at home. So yeah, so Palace decent. away, Leicester at home, Bournemouth away, Fulham at home, Villa at home. Yeah. So two promoted teams as well. So Fulham mm-hmm. and Bournemouth. So. Yeah. To be fair, when you look at the on paper, they're very winnable games. So hopefully we would have learned something from that Palace game last season. It was a horrible performance. So hopefully they've taken things on board. And when we come to that first game of the Premier League season, we can put down a performance and we can take on to the um, um, upcoming games. But I'm confident. I think we can get around 15 points, but come back to me uh, in a few weeks' time. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, let's go to King, who says, I would dump Torreira into the under-23s if no one wants to buy him. He's such a crybaby. He has no loyalty or effort to play for Arsenal. You know, I think there has been elements of immaturity about the way in which he's reacted, for sure. Obviously, he went through an awful time last year, as we know. Um but I think there is, it is fair um, that this summer there's been public statements made as an employee of a football club that just aren't, Right, you know, that just aren't what you do um, when you're an employee of, of, of any kind of, not even just in football, but, you know, in, in life. I don't think it fits um, what should have been the 
the way in which you should have behaved this summer. Um, Alfie says, how much do you reckon we can get for our potential outgoings combined? If I said to you that Arsenal were able to move on, you know, Leno, Pepe, um, we've got who else? Runison, we've got uh, Marie. I mean, Nuno Tavares on loan, Marie, uh, who else have we got? Torreira, Mainsley. Uh, I think Arsenal could be looking, if you can get Pepe sold, yeah. which I think is worth 15 to 20 minimum, you know, I think we should be looking at 40, to be honest, around that figure. Because Torreira, Maitland-Niles, Bellerin, who we've not mentioned, you know, I think there's 50 million between them um, is a minimum for those three at five mil each. Um, Leno, 10 million, easy. Uh, I think that's fair. You know, you'd be looking at upwards of 40 million pounds, which is which is a big player for Arsenal, you know, if you can get that yeah. amount of money in. So I think that's fair. Would you deviate from that much too much? No, I think Pepe is the big one. Like you said, if we can get around 20 million for him and then we can add a few pounds here and there, whether that's 5 million for Bellerin. Ainsley Maitland-Niles is the big one for me. I think a few years ago, his stock was high. We had Everton, Wolves bidding 20 million pounds. So if we had a situation where we realised that in a few years' time, he wouldn't be that big of a player for Arsenal, I think we should have pulled the plug and been a bit more ruthless. Like we've done with Awobi. I think a few years ago, um, they got a good fee for him. I think I was 35, 40 million from Everton, mm. which, yeah. which was very impressive, to be Looks honest. Like so, as well, for a big fee. So, yeah. 40 million pounds. Okay. So, I think, I think at times, if we, we need to be a bit more calculated um, with, with in terms of our outgoings, because when we have a player whose stock is high, but in the back of our minds, we're thinking, yeah, he's a good player, but in a few years' time, he's not really going to be a first team regular. I think we need to be a bit more ruthless and just sell him. So it's unfortunate the way it's worked out with Ainsley because right now, I don't know who would want him because he's got in his head that he's a central midfielder and his loan spell in Roma didn't go well. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame because if he stuck to being a right back or a right wing back, I think there's a good player in there. But the fact that he wants to play as a midfielder I think in the Premier League, I, don't, I just don't think he's good enough, to be honest. And it's a shame. Uh, Vinny says, do you think Torreira was mismanaged by Arteta? He was by far our best DM under Emery, if not the best player at times. And follows that with, for me, he was made unwelcome by Arteta. A good manager turns that around. I think that Emery set the ball rolling, to be honest, with Torreira's downfall at Arsenal, you know, playing him out of position. I agree that yeah, he looked a great player at DM, but as soon as we started using him in an odd role, mm -hmm. his performances dropped. And I don't think it's fair to say that a good manager will always turn those situations around because I think there are Champions League winning managers across the continent that have gone into clubs, have just not taken a liking to a particular player and it's just not worked out and they've moved on. You know, Jose Mourinho has won countless trophies. I wouldn't describe him as a bad manager at all. He's not a likable character, but he's certainly not a bad manager. You know, he's gone and the only place he's not won a trophy is Tottenham and how who can you blame you know, that for at the end of the day? But he's gone into clubs and not taken a particular liking to plenty of players, be that Paul Pogba, be that Deli Alley, be that Tango Ndombele. Um, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily know too much about what's happened at Roma with certain players, but, you know, I, I think that there are plenty of managers out there of, of a level. You know, Carlo Ancelotti's gone into places and not particularly liken certain certain talents Marco Asensio at Real Madrid is not particularly taken too much of a, of a liking to so 
I don't think it would be fair to say that a good manager always turns those situations around. And I think it would be unfair to, to label that based on, on what Torreira has done. Because, you know, Granit Xhaka, for instance, was a player when Arteta joined that was disillusioned with Arsenal. You know, and I know that he managed to turn that situation around. Absolutely. Managed to get him to sign a new contract. Which I know for some people they aren't particularly happy about. But I think, you know, from the performances that Xhaka has put in for us, he managed to turn that situation around. So what do you think about, about that? Yeah, I think, like you said, I think Emery got the ball rolling. Playing Torreira, a player who's a diminutive figure, he's, he, play, he played well in defensive midfield, but playing him in the number 10 role, I think was quite silly. But like you said, when a new manager comes in, he's going to have different philosophies. He's going to have different opinions on players. And it's, there's no harm in doing that. If Mikel Arteta came in and he thought, yeah, Torreira is not a bad bad player, but he's not a bad guy. But moving forwards, he's not going to be the mainstay of Arsenal's midfield. I don't mind that because we need to be a bit more ruthless. And I think it's proven because Torreira has gone away and he's not really settled. He settled a bit in Fiorentina, but that move has not materialised. So... I think for Premier League proven players, I think Mikel Arteta has his system in place. Like Granit Xhaka, I think when Emery and Arsene Wenger were playing him, they weren't playing him in the right position. And Xhaka has come out and said that since Arteta has come in, he's been one of the most important figures for him. Like he's improved his um, footballing skills on the pitch. He's improved his positioning on the pitch. And in his eyes, he's one of the best coaches that he's worked with. So... If Torreira, Arteta for Torreira could be a potential player for Arsenal in this team, I think he would have kept him. But players come and go, TC. It's not always mm. going to be what you want. So I don't mind that, to be honest. Fair enough. Um, Magambo says Arteta only wants robots in his team, not humans. Um, I mean, if you think that the likes of Ramsdale and Xhaka and players like that are robots, you know, he's desperate to keep William Saliba, who I would describe as the complete opposite, you know, very much uh, in touch of his, his emotions for sure. You know, I, I think that's a broadly incorrect statement. Um Gunnar Jake says, Fab's just tweeted that Zinchenko will be announced as a new player before the Palace <laughs> Has he actually tweeted that or is that a joke? Because surely, surely that can't be true. Um, he's not tweeted that, no. But uh, I mean, the way Arsenal go about their announcements, my goodness. Only Arsenal could have a player in the ground sitting next to the technical director and not have announced them. You know, that was a great opportunity to go and, you know, parade him on the pitch of it. Yeah. But yeah, maybe there was some formalities that just need to need to come through i know you were joking jake it's just it's so believable at this stage like <laughs> how arsenal are so believable indeed um we're gonna end things there thank you so much guys for tuning in to today's show really appreciate your time as always do drop a like on the video and subscribe we'll be back on monday of course with the next episode of the arsenal agenda every weekday at 10 a.m we'll bring you more content of course throughout the course of the u.s tour as well umar thanks for joining me as always my friend thank you tc pleasure Indeed, I will see you guys very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. <laughs> <laughs>